Many, many, many years ago, um, when I was 17 years old, um, I went to get my driver's test um, here, uh, here in Oshawa. Um, I'm an Oshawa girl, hey. <laughs> um, I went at 17 years, 17 years old to do the driving test and I failed because my aunt drove me to the driving test. She was using my mom's car and my mom never puts the parking brake on, like never. So I'm in there with the instructor and I, I failed immediately because I didn't, I was trying to move without moving the park, emergency parking brake. And uh, that was actually the same summer that I was going to the US for college. And when I got there, the other Canadians hooked me up with some information that you could just use your G1 and they'd give you a full license. I was like, oh, what? Word? I don't have to do a driver's test? So literally, I go to the, um, the DV DMV down there. I, give, I turn in my G1, and they give me a full license. Girl, don't really know how to drive. But I was excited to have my driver's license. And um, shortly later on that uh, year or so, I um, started dating Pastor Andrew. Pastor Andrew used to drive a baby blue 1996 Cadillac car. So cute when he used to pick me up at the dorm. And one time I wanted to borrow his car so I could um, go visit a friend. And so he said, yeah, sure, babe, you can use my boat. We used to call it the boat because it was massive Cadillac car. And I took it to the... Um, gas station. Well, your girl had never even put gas in a car before, let alone know how to drive a car. And so I go to the car and I'm like, I don't even know how to put gas in my car. I'm trying to figure this thing out. And I call him, like, hey babe, how do I put gas in the car? And he tells me how to put the gas in. And at that moment I realized it was great to have my driver's license, but when you miss some steps, you don't have certain experiences because you didn't go through the right channel to get there. And so I could have been struck on the side of the road, say I ran out of gas, not know what I'm doing because I thought I was amazing having my driver's license, but which was great. It got me to point A to B, but there's things that I did not know. And my first point this morning is seeking shortcuts can lead you to arrive prematurely and unprepared. Seeking shortcuts can lead you to arrive prematurely and unprepared. You know, in this pandemic, when people were buying houses, a lot of people were foregoing the inspection process. So now, like me, when I got my house last summer, oh, we got our summer, a house a couple years ago, last summer, my sink caved in, collapsed. The kids were home, like, but I didn't know they were something faulty because I didn't do the inspection. And how many of us are trying to seeking God, we're seeking after him, but there's some shortcuts that we don't understand because we haven't been sitting in that place with him because we just want to get there. And I talk about that before when I'm trying to prepare a message, I'm like, Lord, just give me the download of the message. But there's something that he wants to put in us when we seek him and we, we wrestle with him. How many people love fast money? Listen, when fast money comes, fast money goes. That's how I see it. All these, you know, how to make money, um, how many make, uh, make uh, fast money. A lot of times you don't have the education, how to manage the new scheme that's out there, whatever that is, you know, selling whatever ads or whatever. Uh, most times the idea sounds great. It, it works for some people, but most times it works for the top level because they actually have experienced it. They took their time to learn the craft. We just want the money. Oh, you said $100, $1,000, I'm there. And then next thing you know it, you spend the $1,000 for whatever product, it turns into $2,000 and they start owing people money. 
when you try to do the shortcut. The shortcut is the long way, guys. I've learned time and time again. Listen, quick diets. Uh, how many people do quick diets? Listen, I had a friend a couple weeks ago call me from the hospital. She said I was doing one of those quick diets. I'm like, girl, she got put me in the hospital. I'm so sick. I said, girl, all you need to do is drink some water and get in the gym. Stop doing the quick diets. Because what happens is it happens, it's good for the moment. You see the five pounds go down, you're feeling real nice. But then when the month goes by and you're not following the regimen properly, you end up doubling the pounds sometimes back. And you, what you do not create is the discipline that most of us don't have and most of us need in order to have a lifestyle of healthy living. And you know, I've, I've heard this. It says, preparation gets you ready to actually to do the work. It was Abraham Lincoln who said, if I had eight hours to chop down a tree, I would spend spurt the first six hours sharpening my axe. The meaning is he would take that time to sharpen the axe so when he would go for the, the cut for the tree, it would drop immediately. Most of us are strong, we, we, we can get it, but our tools that we're trying to do in life are dull. Which means when your axe is dull, when whatever you're trying to do in life, you haven't practiced it enough, it takes you time. You can use more energy, more time. When you took your time wrestling or studying God's word, being in his presence, it, when you got the, the battle that came ahead, you wouldn't be there a long time. And too many of us are there. And so in Psalms, uh, Psalms in Proverbs 27, 17, it says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And that's what we can do with our brothers and sisters in Christ. When we have a, a, um, we're trying to learn the Bible, you don't have to do everything alone. I think a lot of times people think that like, we just have to have it all together. But there's something about when you get with a friend and you start sharing your testimony, sharing what God's doing in your life, when you start sharing um, like what scriptures, then you start learning. When you start seeking God for it, and we get, our iron gets sharpened. And so the Bible and Hebrews talk about how the, the word of God is like a double-edged sword. And a lot of us have our sword at home, but it's dull because we haven't been using it. We haven't been sharpening our, um, our, our sword. And so when we get into a situation, when the, when the enemy is whipping by our behinds, we don't have that scripture. Or we know the scripture is growing up, but we, don't, we, we haven't spent that time reminding ourselves of that scripture. Sometimes we're like, I know it's in Psalms somewhere, but we need to go back and sharpen our axe, sharpen our, our, our word, our um, our sword in Christ. And so, you know, my point here, seeking shortcuts can lead you to arrive prematurely and unprepared. In Psalm, uh, Songs of Solomon 8, 4, it says, Promise me, O woman of Jerusalem, not to awaken love until the right time. Too many of us are getting into relationships. It seems so good, but we're, we are awakening our love, our passions at an early time. And we need to know that even though we have access to things, we have to learn and know when the right time to exercise our discernment, our discipline, while we're seeking after that very own thing. A lot of times when we're rushing in the seeking, we end up settling. When we're rushing after the seeking, we settle. And it can be something so simple, like you know you're supposed to wear this shirt to go out, and because you're rushing, you don't know where the shirt is, you end up settling for some bad, ugly shirt, and you're not really happy. You don't feel confident about the interview, because you've been looking, and then you're like, oh man, if I just put it where it's supposed to, if I was supposed to hang up my clothes appropriately and properly, 
It would be there by the black, wherever you hang your stuff, if you organize your closet. So a lot of us, when we're trying to take the shortcut, we settle most times. When the man is right there looking good, but a lot of times we settle, and that's why a lot of bad relationships happen. Or bad, even jobs, we're not waiting for the right job, we just want the money, right? But when a lot of times people get in jobs, they get the promotion, and then they're crying after. And you know what it is? They're crying back for their Egypt. And you were like, I don't want this job. But when you're like, Egypt's looking pretty good right now because I don't have to work for it. I, I will settle where I'm at. And so I don't want that for anyone. When you're seeking after the things of God or seeking things in your life, be comfortable in the slow. Chase the slow. A lot of us, we live in this such fast-paced life. We just want it done, 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 done. And God's saying, be comfortable in the slow. It might not be going as fast as you want it to, but listen, God has a plan. He has everything in control. If you're submitting your will to him, you trust him, he will take care of you. He does not work on your timeline, right? He works on ours. And here, you know, the scripture says again, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. A lot of us are not seeking with all our heart. We're seeking when we feel good. Oh, I put my time in. I remember when I, I, was, I was a new mom, a new mom. And um, I remember just learning about nursing and, you know, friends would come over and I would go to the other room to nurse uh, Gabriel. And I was like, okay, this is taking too long. You're done. Like, you're not hungry anymore. And then 10, 15 minutes later, he's hungry again because I was rushing the feeding process. And he was always, always hungry because I always wanted to be back. I felt the fo this whole FOMO thing when people come over. And I think a lot of us feel FOMO in life because we, if God has it in another place, we're like, I don't want to be there because everyone is getting elevated. Everyone is doing this. Everyone is going there. But God is saying, it's okay. I have something for you to in that situation, it might not be as fast as other people. And I think the idea of like when we, um, when people would pop popcorn in the oil. And many of us, you know, we, we see the popcorn getting popped. But a lot of us, some of us, you know, we stay in the oil too long that they get burnt. And to us, it's great praying and it's all great doing that stuff. But sometimes you gotta move out of praying and start doing something all the time and so you know my second point here is search his heart in the secret place every christian needs a secret place it's the secret sauce to our our walk with christ it's that place that we get to be intimate that place that we can come undone that place that we don't have to be perfect that place where god gets to speak to us but the, the effectiveness of the secret place is how much you linger in there how much you're willing to like you know, and the secret place is not a, a physical location. My secret place sometimes when I'm in my prayer closet is in the car, when I'm washing the dishes, when I am just sitting down on the couch. Your secret place, what I love about it, you can just bring it anywhere with you. And it says that um, um, this woman, Wesley, John Wesley's wife, she had 11 children. And the kids were allowed, always busy. But sometimes she'd just be in the kitchen. She would put her apron over her head and be in her secret place. God, pray. Have a moment. And as mamas, sometimes we just need a moment of like, don't talk to me for a second. I need my secret, my secret place. But we need to develop that place, that intimacy with Christ. And a lot of us, we're rushing and we're, we're, we're not understanding why am I not progressing, getting deeper in Christ? Why am I not um, learning more? It's because we're not staying long enough to hear the instructions of the Lord. It's a challenge for me, too. I'm like, Lord, I'm ready to move. And he's like, no. I'm like, the show starts at 8 o'clock. He's like, yeah, I don't care about the show. 
Because I have a word for you. And sometimes when everyone gets to go, go, you have to stay put. And again, we cannot be looking at comparison. We got to look, what is God saying from my household? What is God saying for me? Because a lot of us get stuck on the whole, the devil's playground of comparison. And what also ends up happening is a lot of times we end up being at the same location of people, but he just chose a different route. And we get, dis- we get discouraged sometimes. And so my thing is, is many of us are not seeing God's hand because we need to trace his heart. We want the things of God, all the benefits, but we're not tracing his heart. And there's, it's so important that we take the moment and say, God, what is your heart? What is your gifts? What is the good gifts of yours? Because a lot of us want to list all the things we want, all the things we need him to do in the future or what I need. And it's like, no, 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 I don't work that way. Seek me with all your heart. I want to give you the precious gifts that I have for you. But it comes in the seeking, in the wrestling, being content with him. You know, and it says in Hebrews eleven six, 6, it says, and without faith is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. There's a reward in seeking him. There's gifts, there's promises attaching to your seeking him. Not just for the answers, or not just for his yes, but his, what answer is he trying to give to you? And in my secret place, I feel this is the heart of my posture that I'm crying out to the Lord. And it says in Psalm 63.1, it says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry, weary land where there is no water. That's somewhere I feel sometimes it's a desert place in my life. But I want God to give his rivers of water. But when I, I, when I know if I seek him, there's something supernatural that'll happen. The Holy Spirit will pour out in those dry places. And maybe you have to go back to again, Lord, why is this place dry for me? Why am I not able to see you? Why am I not to feel you? It's because maybe you are not seeking him and maybe there's not opportunity. Maybe this, the place is not set for the Holy Spirit to pour and rain in your secret place. And my last point here, we need to elevate our serving, our service. Because once we're in the secret place, once we seek God, it's cool, it's great. We can stay there. It's a great place. But then we got to take some action. Like, you can't be praying all day, guys. Like, love praying, love fasting. But who's going to do the work if you're stuck in your prayer closet? Our prayer closet, as I said, our secret place, it gets to move. It can move wherever we go. And I think a lot of us want to be so, continue to get deeper in Christ, which is great. But we're getting deeper in Christ for a reason. One, to give him glory. Two, for other people to, to know him, which is crucial. And I think a lot of us stick in the place, I just, I just want to be deep. I just want to know scriptures. I just want to pray. I want to be anointed. I, I, I. Versus saying, okay, I've grown in Christ. I've seeked after him. I'm stronger because I've been sharpening my axe. But now who do I need to, who do I need to chop down? But who, <laughs> I was trying to use an analogy. Who do I need to go after with my word that needs the encouragement? And so it, it, I, I ask you, have you elevate your service or your serving? 
in Mark 10, 45, it says, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Where are you seeking God where you're supposed to be serving and sacrificing? It would be very interesting to me if I saw my children going to someone else's home and washing their dishes, cleaning off their desks or tables, serving, but don't do nothing in my house. Listen, the cross eye, the bad eye, the evil eye would be looking at them. Because I'm not raising children to be just consumers. They need to be contributors. It's so important that we, we, we seek after we've been in our secret place. Where are we supposed to serve? Where is God calling us to be? I've been on many cruises, Pastor Andrew and I. I love a good cruise. Ooh, the food is just amazing. So good. But the thing about a cruise, it's catered to our human comfort, which is great. And many people attend church and see it as a cruise ship. They're comfortable. They're eating real good. Oh, man, that sermon last week was oh just what I needed. Oh, the worship, we were laid out. Comfortable. Comfort. Enjoying all the amenities at the cruise ship, which is great. I think at first, when you're attending a church, it's great to enjoy all the benefits that it has. But on every cruise ship, there's a rescue boat. There's a rescue boat at every and every cruise ship. And the reason they have a rescue boat, if something happens, they can rescue people that are drowning. And at Surf City, our rescue boat is our people that serve. They come every week to set up and tear down and say, welcome home. They had the opportunity to see people that were seeking deep in sin. Give them a life jacket. Give them maybe administer some CPR. That's what we do at Surf City. What do we do at the church? We don't just come to church to enjoy the cruise ship, but we get in the rescue boat because we are on a mission to save souls. And so my challenge is to you, have you just been coming to church to be on the cruise ship? Or do you want to link arms with us to help serve and seek those that are drowning, that have stories that in this house, listen, we are family at Surf City, but there's something about being on the dream team. That's the inner circle. That's the family. The, into, um, the, the close intermediate family is the, the dream team. And what, what people don't realize, and I'm going to share a little vulnerability here at Surf City. We are undermanned at Surf City. We are struggling in our serving. In every area. Listen, it's so phenomenal. The kids are growing. Love it. But we need more teachers. We need more people to open doors and give someone to say a welcome home. We need more people in our production team. So live, we get thousands of people that watch. Listen, Pastor Andrew always says the production team is like the modern day scribes. So people can go to YouTube and they can see what's happening and deliver the gospel. Our worship team, it can grow. Listen, but we do auditions. Hello, amen. We do auditions. Because listen, you might be talented, but do you have the heart to worship? 
don't just take anyone that can just ooh, do all the runs. But we, our worship team are the Levites of this time. They're ushering the spirit of God and we felt it this morning. And so when you're praying of God, where I should um, serve, and maybe you're a good singer, maybe you're a good band player, but maybe you need to open a door in this season. Nothing is beneath me in, the, in God's house. Nothing is beneath me. I will open the door. I will clean. I will worship God. Nothing is beneath me. Listen, if service is beneath you, you are not called to, um, for leadership. Because as a leader, we are the top shepherds of this house, Pastor Andrew and I. We lead. We sacrifice. And so my prayer is, maybe you're already serving. Thank you, Drew team, for your faithfulness. Thank you for the team that gets up at 6.30 every Sunday. Thank you at 7 o'clock when you're unloading. We thank you. Because you're opening the door for, for transformation. I remember years ago, I was, at, uh, I was doing Hurricane Katrina. And uh, we had 100 kids come from Shenandoah Valley. And that was from Washington. They were coming all the way to Mississippi. Listen, girl, I don't sing. But my boss was like, okay, we're, we're about to do worship. I said, worship? I don't, I don't sing. I'll do the devotional. But I was willing to serve. I gave him my yes. And so with whatever I could sing, I led with um, a couple of the, the team. We led worship. But that night, God met us there. And I felt he met us there, not because we sang great, but we had the posture of our hearts to worship. And so maybe God's calling you to serve where you're not comfortable. Oh, I don't do that. That doesn't work in God's house. It doesn't work in my, when my kid says I don't do garbage, boy, girl, you doing the garbage. It don't work that way because you are here to serve. We're contributors. We do not just take, 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 take from God's house. We don't do that. And so my heart, I'm asking you here today, where is God asking and seeking you to serve? And maybe you say, you know what, I have little kids, I can't serve. Well, maybe your position in this season when you have small children is like, my commitment to serving is to drop my kids at kids' ministry. That they can be in the room with other like-minded children that are receiving God's word. You get to hear, every week they do the, um, they do the Lord Prayer in kids' ministry. Maybe you cannot be serving in this season, but you can drop your kids parents of teens your kids can be serving in church they don't need to be in some back place playing video games they can be served they can lift up something they can grow some muscles listen these kids in high school they have to do 40 hours of community service but we're not looking for them to do the 40 hours i'm here to serve the king of kings we're not settling for just oh we need hours no 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 my kids are here every Sunday. They're on a team. They're submitted to leadership. They're learning life skills for the future. Even though they're, yeah, they're the pastor kids, but they need to serve. They check in with their team leads. And I'm, I'm reminded of this story that someone told me a long time ago. They went to an amusement park, amusement, amusement park. And I, I think about it like Candace Wonderland. And they were there. And all of a sudden, they were, they were doing something and then they lost their, their, their son. And they couldn't find their son. Like, oh my gosh, we lost a son. And they're searching, they're searching. They're looking everywhere for their son. They cannot find their son. And they get one of the workers and they tell, we have lost our son. We cannot find, can you help us find our son? So the worker goes, hold on, stay right here. Don't move. And so the, the, the worker goes and looks and they find, and he seeks and he seeks after. 
with all that he had. He came back after 10 minutes with their son to give to the father. That's who we are in God's church. We are like the server. We're like the worker. Bring people, send the lost people and the prodigals out in the world to the father. That's our role when we serve. We get to bring people that don't know Christ or have not been to church for a long time. We get to position them when we serve to come back to the Father. What a joy to serve in God's house. And I leave you with these four things with the word, the acronym SEEK. S, search his heart, which can lead you to his hand. E, escape to the secret place. E, elevate your service. Whatever that looks, we're not trying to make you extend yourself. Whatever God's calling you to, pray about it and then be obedient about it. And lastly, K, know that you're needed in the kingdom. We need you. We need you in God's kingdom. He's calling us for more.